Hello, everyone, and welcome to Small Talk. I'm your host, Maggie McIntyre, and today we are joined by NBA ref and legend, Mr. Joey Crawford. Hi, Mr. Crawford. Welcome to the show. I'm happy to be on it, Mag. Thank you for asking. Anything for you? Thank you. I appreciate it. So your brother and your dad were both MLB umpires, so officiating was clearly in your family. Did that influence your career path? And if so, why would you choose basketball rather than baseball? Yeah, well, we, you know, I grew up in um, As far back as I can remember, um, I wanted a professional official. Now, I, I did some baseball, but I was from a basketball neighborhood. Everybody in my neighborhood played basketball constantly. And I just really loved the sport. And I knew by being around professional baseball that my skill level to be a pro basketball player was not in the cards. Right. But, but being a professional basketball referee was. And I don't think a lot of people back in the day understood that. And when I started to pursue it, I guess I graduated high school in 69, and I started to ref in 70. So I knew from the get-go you could be a pro ref. Today, with the computer and everything, there are all these clinics and schools, and, and everybody knows that you can, you can make a living as a professional official. Hard to accomplish, but at least you can you can do it. But I, I always wanted to be a basketball referee, and I guess the the interest was because growing up in that basketball neighborhood. Right. So, did you find yourself in high school studying the sport prior to wanting to become a ref? Uh, I, you know, I tried out the basketball team, and back back in those days, you really had to be really good. Ninth grade, kept getting cut. I always knew in the back of my head, you know, that the officiating thing was was there, you know. Right. And it just was part of, you know. I went to games as a kid, um, and I would give it my dad. My dad would point out the refs. Right. Because he was an official. Okay. So. You know, I watched the sports. I, if I went to a boxing match, I watched the refs. It was weird. I went to a football game. I knew the refs. I went to a, a, a basketball, a, a college game at the Palestrade. Certainly, I knew the refs. So I was 15, 16, 17 years old. Those people don't view the game that way. Right, that's, that's very interesting. And that, yeah, so it was, it was just part of who I was. Well, you were in the NBA for 39 years, starting in 1977, and you ended in 2016. Do you have a favorite game that you ever refed? And who are a few of your favorite players? Now, when you do this, when you ref, your favorite teams, you don't have one. Right. What you do is, there's a a system that you ref. Um, There's a manual that we have to go by. Uh, your concentration level is so high, people don't realize it. Uh, 
of the games you watch because they're watching the players. But the rest, you don't even know, Mag, when I, uh, I rest Jordan, I rest Kareem, I rest Kobe, I rest LeBron, I rest all these guys. Right. Uh, uh, all of them. And you didn't know if they had 15 points or 50 points because your concentration level is so extreme that when you walk in the locker room at the end of the night, you're just worrying about getting plays correct. That's your. That's how you're rated. That's how you get to the playoffs. That's how you. It's all in how you call plays. Right. And in, in order for you to get those plays right, you have a system that you have to ref, and it's it's mechanics. Like you run plays, Maggie. Well, referees, there's a manual and there's a playbook. And when the ball is here, this is where the one ref's looking at. You can't have all three referees looking at the same the same thing or there'll be a universe things being missed on the floor. So it's, it's the officiating end of it. Frog favorite players, all the guys that I ref, all the coaches that I ref, everybody's always looking for an edge. Right. You know, they always think, they always think that, you know, they arrest this and arrest that. It's all a bunch of crap. What you're trying to do is get plays right, you know? So you see and it more of, you see it more of a business rather than something that you can watch for entertainment. There you go. It, 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 all it is, is is at the end of the night, you want to have every play correct. Do you accomplish that? Never. Never. That's right. the greatest thing about it, referee. You never have a perfect, just like you as a player, you never have a perfect night. You never miss a defensive assignment. You never miss a shot. Referees are the same way. Yeah. You just hope. You just hope that you don't call something at the end of the night that costs a team a win. Right. That's, that's, you just try to grab all the plays. And at our level, at the pro level, before you even get here as a ref, you're, you've gone through some, you know, extensive work, you know. So, uh, screwing up plays, if you're screwing up plays at the end of the game, you're not going to be around here much. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be around here. And then you're going to fire you. Yeah. Well, you obviously have a ton of experience. And in 2005, your 2000th NBA game was the Sixers versus the Lakers. Do you remember that milestone of a game, or did it feel like just any other night to you? No, it, it, it was awesome because the league notified me. They made a big deal out of it. That's a big accomplishment. I worked in 2,000 games. I think there's only a, a handful of people that have done it. And uh, I remember it quite vividly. Uh, I have pictures and things like that. It, those kinds of milestones are awesome. Yes, absolutely. Because, you know, because it means that you've been around long enough to, to do it, to be honest with you. But it's, it, no, it was, it was a big night for, uh, for myself and my family. And you currently still lead NBA referees in most finals games refed with 50. Do you have a specific finals that was your favorite? Great question. Um, I, you know, I was very lucky. Um, I think there's maybe one other person in the history of the sport to work more finals than me. 
and that was Mandy Rudolph. But what, I've worked three game sevens in the finals, mm-hmm. and I think in the last 45 years, there's been only like five, believe it or not. And I had three of them. And uh, working those types of games, Maggie, there's, I can't, I can't describe the feeling. It, it, it's, uh, you're, you're trying to stay real, real calm. And at the same time, your stomach, uh, your head. <laughs> <laughs> I can't every, even imagine. Every, every, yeah, everything is, is going so fast. And, but you have to stay calm. And when the, because there's no other games, Mac. That's yeah, the I mean, that's the, that's the last there's game. No more, and... There's no more games. And it, I remember those three games. Yeah, they were very, very difficult. I couldn't, in fact, I told somebody one time in a, in a podcast or, or what an article that I've done, I think it took me almost three days to come down from those games where it, it felt normal. 72 hours later. Wow. It, it was, yeah, it was, it was, it was very, very strange. It was a, yeah. Did you it, find it yourself, of, did you find yourself prepping for those games differently than you would a, a normal no, game? No, that's, that's, that's the key. The key is not to. Okay. And the key, and that's what you're trying to do. You're trying, the game that you do in November, you're trying to stay the same in June when you're working in the finals. And that's what I think causes the trepidation, is that you were trying to stay normal, you know, and do the same things that you've done all year long. Treat it like any other game. That's what you're trying to do, but in all reality, we all know that that game is a very important game. Exactly. yeah, so so that's what you're trying to do, but it's, 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 it, they're, they're very difficult games. I'm sure. Uh, you retired from refing in 2016. How has life after refing changed for you? Well, I lucked out. I, I blew my knee out the last year, so I had to just hang out yeah. for a year. And... Uh, I was not very good at just hanging out. <laughs> and I lucked out. The NBA called me and asked me if I wanted a job. And they gave me a job. And uh, my title is uh, Director of Referee Development. And uh, it's, it's, I really like it, Maggie. Um, I'm, I'm around refereeing. I'm in Milwaukee right now. Um, Milwaukee plays tonight. I'll watch the three referees um, all day long. I've been doing plays. I'm, I'm pretty adept at the computer. Where I, I access all the games, okay. um, download plays, send plays to to uh, referees, and that's uh, it's it's awesome. Um, involved in teaching the set up set up the NBA referee department is. We're responsible for the NBA refs. We're responsible for the G League refs, and we're also responsible for the WNBA refs. So it's busy. So it's it's, it's really really busy, and that's what I want. My my wife wants me to be busy too, Maggie. 
I'm sure. You know, <laughs> she doesn't like, she doesn't need being heard all the time. So it's, it's, I mean, I'm a perfect guy. And I get, and I think it's because I've made every mistake there is to make. Okay, that makes and, sense. And, and, and um, I, I, I try to teach from that aspect. You know, I, hey, I've made mistakes in this. And uh, things change from when I started in the 70s to now. And they've changed for the better. So it's, it's been a, a, a great transition, to be honest with you. Very good, very good transition. Yeah, how is it different working behind the scenes rather than being up front and on the court with the players? Uh, a tremendous question, Hank. It's it's different. Um, I I stay. Um, I get to the arena. I go and start, you know, talk to the rest before the game, and I go into the stands, and you try to stay very. Um, you don't. You just sit in the stands, and some fans come up to you and start talking to you. But you're you're trying just to stay under the radar, and your job is there to help the refs, to teach the refs, and, and it's it's it's. I'm I'm really enjoying it, to be honest with you, and, and uh, it's but it's a it's a different it's a different. Um, facet of, of officiating where when you're out on the court you're out there and you're part of the game this you're still part of the game but it's behind the scenes and it's and, I, and it's really really nice I, I like this end of that that, that where you're just you're um, uh, an under the radar guy I like it yeah well it sounds like your life has become full circle you started off watching the refs and now you're ending with watching the refs again <laughs> <laughs> very good, very good, Meg. Thank very you. Good. I always think you were going to be a star. I always do. And that, that, that's very, very good. Very good. And I, and I really do enjoy it. I, I, good, I'm I, glad. I, that's what it's about. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad also. Well, growing up in Havertown, Pennsylvania, I can only assume that you maybe follow the Sixers. What do you think of their team this year so far? I, you know, I get this, like, in this job, I get to see almost every game or parts of every game. And you know, when when you're watching in this, um, you you end you don't look at the game as a fan. You you look at refs, and I try to explain that to people, and they look at me like I have six heads. <laughs> but but really, that's what you do. So I I don't even I I. I what, I was landing in Chicago the other day, and this person was a basketball person, and he, and he recognized me. And he said to me, Joe, are you here for the game? And I said, yeah. And he started, he thought I was still ref. But I'm working, and I told him what I was doing. And he says, who's playing the, the Bulls tonight? And I went, good question. <laughs> I didn't even know. Yeah, because you really don't know if you're just there to watch no, the referee. No, yeah, because I'm, I'm there to watch the refs. Yep. So when I watch the Sixers, it's just like watching Utah. It, 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 doesn't, it, it doesn't matter to a ref. Right, it, it doesn't matter who's playing. Yeah, because people, like you, man, you're a player. And, and you're, you're a player, and you're, you're, and you're from Philadelphia, and you're going to watch your team. I, you know, 
referees don't even look in that in that uh, uh, vein. It's 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 strange, but uh, people I get that question and what you just asked a lot, and I and I try to you know very frank and honest, but that's 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 what it is. You really don't look at it as a thing, right? Well, it makes sense. I mean, you have to say I'm biased because it's a business rather than entertainment yeah. for you. Well, now it's time for a few buzzer beater questions. So, Coke or Pepsi? Um, I'm a Coke guy. Hot dog or hamburger? I'm a hot dog guy. Coffee or tea? Tea. Winter or summer? Summer. Chocolate or vanilla? Chocolate. Well, there you have it. The most well-respected ref of all time, Mr. Crawford. Thank you so much for coming on the show. It was a pleasure to have you. Maggie, you're the best anything for you, and you know I love you. I appreciate it. Love you, too. This has been this week's episode of Small Talk. I'm your host, Maggie McIntyre, and thank you for listening. Have a great week, everyone.